Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Evening Thoughts. My name is Sam, and I'm the host of the show. Thank you for joining me again this evening. I hope that you are well and that your weekend is off to a good start and that you have a restful couple days ahead of you. Today, I was driving with my wife and we stumbled upon a conversation that really got me thinking about the way sincere people say things to hurting people or those that have lost a loved one. And these words actually do a lot more harm than good. Before joining the Navy, I spent five years in the hospital as a chaplain. And my time in the hospital taught me a great deal about how powerful our words can be when we use them to help those around us who are grieving. Our words can often bring life to those around us But our words can also be poison and bring intense hurt to those who are most vulnerable. For all of us, it is only a matter of time that we will find ourselves in situations where we can be incredibly loving to those that are in intense grief. At the same time, we can also be incredibly hurtful. And so tonight's episode is called Things you don't say to hurting people. And the reason why I want to make this episode is because I want to help us to understand just how incredibly loving and compassionate we can be to those that are grieving. So I have compiled a list, six in total, of things not to say to those that are grieving. Number one, Do not say, oh, you'll get over that person's death. Don't say that to a person who has just lost a loved one. Now, your words may be sincere and the gesture may be full of good intentions, but your words can be incredibly damaging to someone who is in the midst of grief. I I guess my question is, Do we really need to get over the death of someone that we love so much? Is that something that we need to do? And if so, how can we get over someone that meant so much to us? Now, if there is significant inability to function on a daily basis, and if it affects your work performance, and if your personal life and your relationship life is hurting, then by all means, we should seek professional help and lean on others to get us back on our feet. What I'm referring to is that as we grieve, we shouldn't feel obligated to get over the death of someone that we love. What I'm saying is you don't have to move on with that. A mother who lost her child will never be the same. She should not have to move on. A person who lost their spouse should not be expected to move on and get over that person's death. Of course, over time, the intense feeling of loss will lessen. Time may dull the ache of not being able to hold that person again in your arms. 
and healing will happen in due time. But don't feel obligated to rush through that process. Grief is already messy, and at best, it may be that you're in A, and then you go to C, and then B, and then back to A, because grief comes in waves and it goes back and forth, and a sound or a song or a, a smell can take you back to very important and precious memories. So to tell a person that you should get over someone's death, I think, can be incredibly hurtful. If that is you tonight, go to the Lord with your grief. Ask the Holy Spirit to soothe the ache in your heart, but know that you don't have to move on. You shouldn't have to get over the person's life that you've lost. Number two, do not say, I know exactly how you feel, or even, I know how you feel. Because the truth is, you may have gone through a similar situation as the person who is in grief. You may know somewhat of what that person may be feeling, but do not say you know exactly how they feel, or even that you know how they feel. Because you may not. Yes, you may be going through very similar things, but that person is unique in their experience and in their personality. And when you say you know how the other person feels, it may take away from that person's emotions and grief. It dismisses that person's experience. So again, I think a very sincere person may say, I know exactly how you feel. So the person who is in grief may not feel so alone. But when you say that, it can also make it about you. So when someone is grieving, do not make it about you. It's not the time to tell your story of loss. It is not the time to tell how you know how they're feeling. Rather, say this. I may not understand how you are feeling right now, but I'm here to listen when you're ready to talk. This open invitation may be taken or left, but at least they know you're there to listen when they're ready to talk. You can also say, I can't understand how you feel, but I can relate. That may be better received and far more compassionate to a vulnerable person in pain than I know exactly how you feel. Number three, do not say, God never gives us more than what we can handle. And if I were to be honest, I think this one is probably the most annoying one for me. I think what they mean is that God will only give us troubles that may match each person's limit and what they can bear. Again, I think the intentions are noble, but these words can actually be hurtful to someone who may find themselves breaking down due to the pressure of loss and then feel like failures because it's too much for them to bear. It's too much for them to handle. And may I add that it is also terrible theology to say God never gives us more than what we can handle. Because Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8-9 through 9 says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. 
for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received a sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. That is the ESV version. Let me read the NIV version to you real quick. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. The truth is that God gives us more than what we can handle precisely so that we can rely on Him for strength, not our own strength. Number four, do not say God needed that person more than you did. Again, this is terrible theology and it can be very hurtful to a person who the only thing that, that they want is for the person they lost to be at their side. This promotes the blame of the person's death to God, doesn't it? As if God's needs were higher than your needs for that person to be with him in heaven. It makes God responsible for taking someone's child selfishly to be away from you so that they could be with God. So again, terrible theology, and it can make this person feel as if God somehow needed that person who died more than you did, and, and that is simply not true. Number five, do not say it is God's plan or everything happens for a reason. This can be incredibly hurtful to any person who has had loss, especially when the child was taken from his parents. No parents in their grief wants to hear that the death of their child was part of God's plan or that there is a reason for the death of their child. Now, I will say that it is true that God does have a plan for everything. And yes, all suffering has a purpose. But this is a case of correct theology used in untactful and unloving ways. Sometimes saying the right things in the wrong situation makes it wrong. These words are not soothing and compassionate loving words. There is truth to it, but it can be done and said in other ways and more loving ways. As a hospital chaplain, I've had parents ask me why their son or daughter died, and at that moment I have to understand that more often than not, their question is not so much theological in nature, but born out of heartbreak of losing a child. So the way that I've responded is, I don't know. Now there may be opportunities down the line for a more robust theological conversation, but during times of grief, I don't think it is wise to say that it is God's plan. Number six, do not say, you got to be strong or keep it together. In the midst of a death of a loved one, what exactly does it mean to be strong? When we are told to buckle up or suck it up, what exactly does that look like? I once overheard an uncle say to his young nephew, you got to be strong for your mother. 
Well, for one, the boy has just seen his father die, and to tell him to be strong is putting an immense heavy weight on his shoulders. Does being strong mean that he cannot weep for his father? Does being strong and keeping it together mean that he can't express his emotions? What we are really saying is for them to pretend that things are okay. We're asking them to lie for the sake of their loved ones. Being strong can actually involve tears and showing emotions, right? Being strong can involve vulnerability and transparency. Being strong can mean that you express your emotions and not bottle them up inside. Well, I think that's a good place for us to stop. Please understand my heart in this episode. If you have said one or two of these things, I acknowledge your good intentions and I applaud you for wanting to help someone in their grief of a death of a loved one. I believe that you may have said these things out of sincerity, but would you consider that words can be vitally important, especially when someone is hurting and grieving? During those times, we may need to be extra aware of what we say, and how it can cause permanent damage. Here's a good rule of thumb. If you don't know what to say, the best thing to say is nothing. Sometimes the most loving thing to say is nothing at all. I think people say these things because they feel like they need to say something, anything. But sometimes the best thing to say is nothing. I once heard a story of a boy who lost his mother, and at the day of the funeral service, his best friend sat right next to him up front. During the service, he said nothing. As the service concluded and the guests came to say their condolences, the friend said nothing. When everyone had left, the boy who lost his mother turned to the friend and said, Thank you. The friend was caught off guard and apologized for not knowing what to say at all. But the boy said, that is exactly what I needed. The story may go too far in that I believe the proper words can be helpful and at times needed. But when we don't know what to say, perhaps the best thing to say is nothing at all. You can always show your love and your support to that person with a hug or, or a hand on the shoulder. What about you? In times of grief, did someone say something that stayed with you all these years? How did you respond? Is there something I may have missed on my list, or have I gone too far and made complex what is simple? Perhaps my list is too rigid. I'd love to know your thoughts. Please email me at eveningthoughts at hotmail.com. And with that said, that is it for me this evening. Thank you again for joining me. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. And as always, peace and blessings. Good night.